global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Calvary. Stocks have been fluctuating today after the S&P 500 rebounded from a seven-week low. Investors are awaiting further direction on the health of the economy and prospects for higher interest rates. James Bullard, president of the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, said today he does not see the U.K.'s vote on European Union membership influencing the U.S. Central Bank's meeting that will be held the week before the referendum. And San Francisco's John Williams said today that two to three rate increases this year are still about right. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is currently up 10 points at 17,511. S&P 500 down 2 at 2,050. The Nasdaq is up nearly 1 point at 47.70. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 26 cents a barrel, half a percent, trading at 48.15. Spot Gold down $1.80 an ounce at 12.51.10. Ten-year Treasury unchanged with a yield of 1.83%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Catherine Cowdery, thanks so much. Time now for the ETF report brought to you by Vanek Vector ETFs. Expect more from your munis. Target tax-exempt income by maturity and credit quality, all with low-cost ETFs. Visit vanek.com slash muni. Vanek, access the opportunities. For this, we turn to Catherine Cowdery. Financial markets were buffeted this week by speculation that the Federal Reserve is moving closer to raising interest rates. That speculation increased after minutes from the Fed's April meeting signaled officials are willing to raise rates in June if the economy shows sustained improvement. Those rate concerns were reflected in flows into and out of ETFs. Here's Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Eric Balchunas on Thursday's ETF flows. We have uh, early signs that the hot money is scared. They're really taking the Fed seriously because HYG saw $860 million in outflows. That is the largest it's ever seen and, for that matter, the largest any fixed income ETF has ever seen in a day. It's almost a billion dollars. Baltuna says, in contrast, the iShares one- to three-year Treasury bond ETF attracted inflows. He puts the situation in perspective. And this is about the 25th time we've seen this sort of sell-off because of something the Fed said, and then eventually they'll buy back in if uh, history repeats itself. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. We are broadcasting live from the BNY Mellon Asset Servicing Conference in Tucson, Arizona. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co-host Kathleen Hayes. Our next guest here to tell us a little bit about what I think of as alternatives to ordinary investments that we may have been taught to understand, such as stocks, bonds, uh, and cash. And who better to help us than Frank LaSala? He is the Chief Executive Officer of Global Structured Products and Alternative Investment Services for BNY Mellon, and he joins us now. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Pim. Um, uh, I was going to really say that the best qualification you have for this job is you have an M.A. in theology. I do. You right? I, and I didn't know you had that. Right? You, you, I, have you a, knew that. You have an M.A. in, in, in theology. And I got to say, at, at certain times, that must come in very handy when you, because there's no one size fits all. Every, everything has become so particular and specific now. What if you could tell us, in your mind, you've got a lot of experience here. I didn't even read the whole bio. Um, how is alternative how do you see alternative investments how do you describe it to people well let me say one thing about the theology uh masters um there was a spiritual component to this business when you try to continue to forecast and you fail regularly you it's an exercise in humility so so you learn a lot about um just being humble but no um 
it, it's true, Pim. There is a structural shift going on. The way we see it is when we speak to investors, asset owners, investment managers, there is a structural shift in terms of the way people have to think about investing. And although we've heard a lot about the demise of alternative investments and hedge funds, the fact is um, when you look at the market, whether it's a zero interest rate market for bonds, which seems to be you know fully priced in, fully priced domestic equity portfolio, cash doing nothing, um, investors really are hungry for cash flow. And what we found in a couple of the uh, white papers that we've recently issued, there is clearly more and more interest in private equity, real asset investment, and real estate assets, which, by the way, are not priced cheaply either. But when you think about the alternatives, it becomes a more attractive investment vehicle as part of a broader portfolio. You know, Frank, uh, we've been talking off and on for many years. And yes. when you look back and think, um, and when I started into this business as a, as a journalist, interest rates were way higher. There was so much room for the bond market to rally and make money on that side of it, not just holding on to it for yield, but making money on the capital appreciation. Stocks much lower, you know, market would crash, come back up. But when you talk about how things have changed structurally, how much does it have to do with just some of these underlying changes in inflation and globalization pushing things down and the rise of technology as an, as an investment opportunity, but also as something that has sucked a lot of jobs out of the middle of the economy? Uh, you know, Kathleen, I think that's there's a lot to it, and I think part of the challenge, and I'm not sure anyone has really been effectively able to get their heads around it, but there are significant changes, as you say, where we would have never thought, at least when I was going to graduate school in business, that we would be in a zero or negative interest rate environment. No one would have ever thought that. No one would have ever thought that we could have big productivity gains without having to have to hire people. Um, the, sh- the demographic shifts in terms of the aging population in some parts of the world. And I- I'm not sure we know how to, how to handle that, but, or understand it and then invest effectively to take advantage of the opportunities that those shifts present to us. And that said, um, I think we're learning about, you know, if you want to call it the new norm, that's fine. I think, I think that's good. But what we, what I think we're doing now is taking those different currents that you just sort of outlined and trying to figure out, so then where will the next investment opportunity be? And right now, as I said earlier, we see a lot of it going to real assets where, you know, there is a cash flow, a certain degree of um, stability, less volatility than we get in fixed income or, or equities. And it's becoming more and more attractive. And as, um, Someone very smart was telling me just a few minutes ago there is a psychological change in the market that um, we have to we have to deal with and make sure investments understand what that psychology is. It's a psych- psychology of low risk, uh, ca- good solid cash flow, uh, not a lot of volatility, and being able to just invest for the long haul. And people, as we heard on a panel earlier today, people don't want to pay. For beta, they they will pay for alpha, but investors are very smart and they only want to pay for outperforming the market. And right now, that's very, very hard to do. Real estate. Let's talk about real estate as an alternative investment because that may fit many of the criteria that you've just described. But there is liquidity and maybe there's a premium for liquidity that you would have to pay if you don't 
you know, if you don't get it in real estate, then that's not not for you. That's exactly right. Well, well, Pim, I'll tell you something else. What we see with a lot of the managers that we interact with is there is a lot of cash on the side from investors that want to be in real estate assets. The problem is finding a quality piece of real estate to put in the portfolio. And that could take years. So you can launch a fund, and we, we see this now. You can launch a fund, and you can have capital lined up, but it could take you forever to find a quality piece of property. And what we're starting to see, to your point about cash flow, if you look at the traditional areas like the New York area, the Northeast, the Southwest, you, you see that that those assets, they're looking for assets now outside of what you would what we would consider the primary areas. They're going to... You know the the Midwest, the can you know Kansas City, and the areas that we otherwise wouldn't think would be attractive, and that's where the money on the real estate side is actually moving to. Big picture. I mean, has anything changed on this front where uh, Brexit, whether or not the U.K. is going to leave the European Union, uh, the U.K. government saying today, oh, it'll throw us into a terrible recession, and, yeah. you know, the naysayers that are, who want to leave are saying, well, they're just playing politics. But when you look at it from an investment management standpoint, is it, have we always been dealing with things to have that much impact on our markets, or do you think this is a, a, a larger force to contend with in a very globalized world? I, I think the political dynamics of something like a Brexit will become more pronounced as we move down the path toward globalization, or some people would say the reversal of globalization, more of a domestic uh, lean in a lot of the Western countries, which we see going on right now. I think Brexit in and of itself is probably, it, well, it's clearly on everybody's radar screen. Um, when when you look at, you know, I was looking at, the, at some of the um, – the statistics this morning on some of the um, the odds makers, which I look at the the London the London City odds make, they have that down to under fifty percent now that that a Brexit might happen. Obviously, that would be a, a, an enormous enormously disruptive to the market. Um, the consequences I think are unimaginable, and and the fact that there would be a Brexit, to my mind's eye, is unimaginable. I do think though, the political uncertainty that we're going to deal with will continue and investment managers have to be ready for that. And again, I would I would say that plays into this desire to move into more real assets because it's viewed as less risky. Well put. Very well put. Frank Lasala, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Gotta have you back soon. He's Thanks. CEO, Global Structure Products and Alternative Investment Services for BNY Mellon. And, of course, we are broadcasting live at Invested 16, the power of big ideas. It's a BNY Mellon client conference here at Dove Mountain. The Dove Mountain, it's Carlton, about 30 miles from Tucson, Arizona. Movers and shakers coming up. Market's about ready to close. Our stock's there. Dave Wilson will be joining us. This is Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio.